You've heard, you heard Vore in a while? No, I haven't. Yeah, Vore is Vore. My life was doing pretty well until you reminded me of Vore. <laughs> Why was Vore so, like, famous for, like, disgusting? and then gone? Probably because it was disgusting. Welcome to Brutal, the MMA podcast. How's everyone doing this morning? I'm doing it's wonderful. Not, not the morning. Okay, the morning. great. <laughs> I lot like how we're starting. Yeah. We're going to go through UFC London. We're also going to go through mostly the main card. The prelims weren't too exciting. Not a lot of finishes. It was really surprising, actually. Um, a lot of weird finishes. A lot of weird uh, judge calls. A little bit of a weird event, but it was very entertaining, especially the main card. One of the best main, yeah, main cards card in was, a while. Main card was pretty good. How's, how's the personal life been going, Charles? How's, how's the recovery from the surgery? Uh, good. I have fully recovered at this point, so we, we've been going to the gym now. Yeah. So Get, I'm just getting fucking yeah. holy shit. Now we just gotta. Now we just gotta uh, basically get back to where I was before, both in weight and strength, and then as I get back to there, I can continue my progress. But yeah, absolutely, and he's doing yeah. a great job. He's appreciate sticking it, with appreciate it. it. Yeah. Trying his best. He needs to eat more food. I have, that's have, always my biggest critique more. of you. You don't eat enough food. I have been eating more because I've got I've got money now, so yeah. I, I can. That, that, that'll do food. it. That'll yeah, do it. That but I mean, it. you could also just do rice and chicken all the time. Oh, uh, yeah. If you hate living. You know? Yeah, you if, hate I just, if I just wanted to kill myself, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways. Caitlin's raising her head around the camera because yeah, exactly. all she has fucking rice, chicken, or round with chicken. I, I don't know how you do it. I don't I don't. I'd lose my mind. It. Like, even even one meal of rice and chicken. I have to cheat meal at least once a week or I'll fucking lose it. I'll yeah, fucking lose it. But I, I work hard enough to do that, I guess, technically. So, whatever. I have some bloated ass days, though. I'll tell you what. Korean barbecue really puts a hole in Oh, my God. Holy shit. Shit. This motherfucker is crazy at Korean barbecue. He'll just keep eating and keep eating and keep eating. I have eating. a problem, okay? And and I don't I don't mean he'll just keep eating. I mean he'll eat like fourteen plates of meat and <laughs> keep myself. going. That's not an exaggeration. Either. And then the, and then the waitress starts to get fed up and they leave their shift. That happened last time. I don't know. Were you here last time I went to Korean barbecue? I don't think so. Uh, the 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 chick we had literally like left her shift. Like she went on lunch. <laughs> So we just didn't have a waiter after like 15 plates. <laughs> I was just like still hungry. I was like, where'd she go? So I got up and I think I asked for another waiter. Or we waited for another waiter. Uh, okay. Did we wait for another waiter? Oh, we pressed the fucking button. We had to get to that waiter. Uh, we're going to go over main card, London. Uh, started off with a really bad judges call between uh, Davy Grant and Daniel Marcos. I, I thought his name was Daniel Marcos, but I'm like, that sounds too white. He's Peruvian. But I guess it's Daniel Marcos. Daniel Marcos um, only debatably had one round one, maybe. And it's because he gave more damage. And before that, uh, I, I I gave every round to David Grant except for maybe half of round two. So yeah. I don't know how you score it that way. Maybe because David Grant came out looking worse for wear. Daniel Daniel's, Daniel Marcos didn't look like he had a scratch on his face. And Mark and David, David Grant looked fucked up. Yeah, he was bleeding everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah he was bleeding really fucking I mean, bad. But that doesn't portray strikes, what happened in the fight. Yeah, the significant strike difference was crazy. Every single round, David Grant had the advantage on, on strikes. And it was usually by a landslide. Uh, yeah. Daniel Marcos was super um, inaccurate. Didn't throw a lot. Didn't land a lot. Very sloppy. The only thing he landed was a jab a few times. Not the most entertaining fight anyways, but... Just generally, I don't know how he won that fight. Judges gave it to him anyways, so yeah, I mean, it's kind of have to slide past that. Right after right. that, we had a really good showing from Lerone Murphy. He's yeah, well, still yeah. undefeated, hometown favorite. Uh, came out there, delivered. Just really good technical striking. Really poured it on in the third against Kulabau. Kulabau's not a fucking walk-off fighter. I mean, he has really talented striking. He's strong. He's quick. But Lerone Murphy's just better in every aspect just by a small margin. Yeah, he deserved that win. He definitely did. 
Yeah. That was an actual good call, I would say. Yeah. It was, it was, that, was, yeah. that was a great fight. So. Um, won every round, 30-27. And then after that, I oh, believe we Paul had... Paul Craig. I love Paul <laughs> Craig. Paul Craig's jiu-jitsu transitions. Let me, let me transition oh into God. that. Oh, my God. Fucking amazing jiu-jitsu transitions. He uh, was really tearing it up on the ground. Uh, first round, you give it to Paul Craig, I think. He did really well on the feet, um, landed good strikes, really good jab. I was really surprised. Yeah, Paul Craig's really uh, well. striking has improved a lot. And his jiu-jitsu has always been world-class. But he was a really big underdog, 2-1 to one underdog on the Vegas odds. I think it was plus 190. And he showed out, showed up, and uh, elbowed the shit out of Muniz for a full, like, 45, 50 seconds and got him out of there. Yep. Real great win for the Scottish MMA fighter. No, I'll admit, yeah. I mean, the first round, I it's, think. It's, it was his UFC middleweight debut, and he beat a 14th ranked guy. Yeah, and I mean, um, Muniz, he is not something to scoff about. I mean, he's, you know, another world-class jiu-jitsu artist. So watching them, they were basically very uh, tactful at the beginning of the first round. They didn't want to go to the ground really no. at all. Uh, it it was, wasn't until the end of the first round that they finally did. Yeah. And then, yeah, the second round, that Paul was Craig when you saw... Paul Craig kind of pulled guard in that, that, that end of that first round. But yeah, in the second round, Paul Craig got two good, really good takedowns. He ended up getting reversed on one of them, but then he had that really good transition where uh, Muniz had this, this, this like, uh, what's it, gable grip around his shoulder and his, his head, and he had his neck pulled down, and he used the pressure from that to flip his whole body upwards because he was on his knees this direction facing him. And he flipped his whole body this way upwards and then land on top. And from there, the ground and pound started. He got full mount, started smashing ground and pound, and got him out of there real quick. So yeah. really awesome showing from Paul Craig. I think oh, middleweight that, might be his division. That beautiful spin. He, he mentioned how the weight cut was really brutal. So oh, yeah, you said that's my a, biggest worry. A lot more than usual. Uh, he usually weighs 205 yeah. for, the, for, for light heavyweight. That's crazy. I think he usually weighs around like 220 when he was doing that. But now I think he's on a different diet. Hopefully... He can more naturally lose the weight and not have to just sit in the sauna for a year. He barely made 186, so we'll see how he, he does with that in the future. I don't think I've ever seen him miss weight, but I could be wrong on that. Uh, he always looks very emaciated on the scale, so maybe it's just how his face ends up looking because he just already has a low body fat percentage, but mm -hmm. hopefully he can more reliably cut weight to middle weight in the future. Yeah, well, that should be interesting. I, I It was a very entertaining fight. Yeah. Very entertaining fighting fighter. So between Andre Philly, Nathaniel Wood fighting each other on I believe was fight of the night, and Paul Craig with Andre Muniz with the amazing transitions and really good stand up game in the first round. I can't believe neither of those fights were not fight of the night. Agree, they gave it yeah. to Danny Roberts. And you, you didn't even watch that fight, and I didn't want you to watch that fight because there's no point. Um, it was pretty lackluster. Danny Roberts, as he does, he has one of, another one of my favorite uh, nicknames. There's like two of my favorite nicknames in this UFC card. Uh, Andre Touchy Feely and uh, Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts. <laughs> yeah, they have pretty funny nicknames. They're clever. They're, 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 they, yeah. they work out well. Um, but it was really ridiculous to me that they gave it to Danny Roberts versus the guy who called out Patty Pimblett because they didn't really – Work for it. They kind of, Denny Roberts gassed out after the halfway through the first round, especially in the second round. He was wobbling around, couldn't even stand right. And there was parts where they started just throwing bombs at each other, especially at the end of the first. But it wasn't like it wasn't super technical. It wasn't high pace. It wasn't super fun. It was just like in the middle. I thought it was like maybe the fourth or fifth more, most entertaining fight on the card. And a lot of people were in agreement. Like I was looking on Instagram, et cetera. Uh, Nathaniel Wood and Andre Philly definitely deserve fight of the night. And if not, Paul Craig and Andre Muniz. Yeah. Um, 
Nathaniel Wood and Andre Philly, great fight uh, between Absolutely a, a flowy, loose fighter with uh, really good natural power and uh, Andre Touchy-Feely. But <laughs> Nathaniel Wood really has f- that really fast left hook. That lead left hook of his is God. so money. He's it's throwing so, he landed it over it six, and seven over. Times. Yeah. He, would th- he threw it maybe like 20 times. But when it landed, it was so clean. Um, he dropped oh, Philly shot. with it. Oh. oh, my God. There's a part in the third round that cemented uh, the round for him where he's here and he catches him with the, the hook to the body and the same motion, bing, bing. Right the the, yeah. And it, it, was, it sent Philly's, Philly's head back. And you know when a fighter taunts after getting hit really hard? You know it fucking hurt. You know it fucking hurt. So he, he gets hit in the face and goes, ah, sticks his tongue out. And yeah. Like, oh, that hurt you. That, no, but that it was really so fluid. It was just, it was such a clean double strike there. And yeah, I mean, Nathaniel Wood really just definitely deserved the, the win there in every way, shape, and form. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I give that first round, that third round to um, Nathaniel Wood. Andre Philly did a really good job on the stand-up too. Um, I think he wasn't as well-versed in the grappling. I think uh, there was a part where he got a really good transition where he pushed uh, him off from his back. But after that, Nathaniel Wood got up pretty quick. And there was a part where Nathaniel Wood knocked down Philly and he caught him with a leg kick coming up. The leg kicks were really landing for Nathaniel Mm -hmm. Wood that whole fight. Worked out really well for him. And, uh, yeah, I was really happy about that fight. It was fun to watch. There was, I think, five knockdowns overall. It was just really entertaining stuff to watch. And uh, I'm, I'm glad Philly's still a staple in featherweight, and I'm glad uh, Nathaniel Wood stays undefeated in featherweight as well. Absolutely. And after that fight, what did we have going? We, uh, we have the Tom Aspinall fight versus uh, Marcin Madura. Yeah. We weren't going to mention Molly McCann, but I just want to roast her for a second. Molly McCann got fed a 10-8-2 and and UFC debut fighter that's not even really a good striker at all. Molly McCann got butchered on the floor and then armbarred just like Aaron Blanchfield destroyed her. So I don't know. It's it's I, I think they're pushing Molly McCann because she's friends with Patty Pimblett and Patty Pimblett's a big name. But it's it's pretty like it's pretty ridiculous to keep putting her in like co main and main event spots. When she can can't even get a win right now, especially against a ranked opponent who wasn't she wasn't ranked, she wasn't ranked and just got armbarred by her. I mean, if Molly McCann can't win her next fight, I would, I'd prefer if the UFC cut her because she has spectacular knockouts sometimes, but she's not really high level anymore, especially in the grappling. She's been exposed so many times. So, yeah, yeah uh, no. we'll move on to there for the guy mm. that's gonna dethrone John Jones if he actually oh, decides to I stick around so. and not run. I hope so. Tom Aspinall, I mean, comes back from a meniscus tear and absolutely butchers Marcin Tibera, which he should have, regardless, because Marcin Tibera is a good fighter, but he's not amazing, right? He's just a ranked staple of the division. And Tom Aspinall walked in there, was faster than a light heavyweight, with the power of a heavyweight in the grappling of an absolute savage, he didn't even have to use the grappling. He, he has better grappling than John Jones from my point of view, and he didn't even have to use it in that fight. He outstruck him, landed the right hand down the, the, the middle of the pipe, right through the guard, and then finished him on the floor in a minute and 13 seconds. Tom Aspinall is a savage, and he's here to stay, and I don't see anyone beating him. I want to see him against Sergei, uh, Sergei Pavlovich. I almost said... Uh, 
Spivak and Pavlovich together. There's two Sergeys, and they're ranked really high. Oh, okay. Uh, Sergey Spivak is fighting pretty soon here, I believe, against somebody. I think it's Rogan in, in Paris. But okay. neither of those guys are fighting for the belt next. It would be Tom Aspinall or it would be Sergey Pavlovich. Uh, they both have the shortest UFC fight times right now with uh, just a little bit over two minutes. These guys don't stay long in the octagon if they fight. They just, they're just either tearing through their opponent or they get teared up really fast. Good. Because uh, entertaining to see. Yeah. Alistair Overeem um, absolutely butchered Pavlovich in his debut. Uh, one of the worst knockouts I've seen in a while. I, I, it was the old Uberim, you know, the horse meat. Have you ever seen Alistair Overeem fight? I don't think so. Uh, he's just, he just roided the fuck up and ab- like an absolute monster. Mm-hmm. And he has really good ground game. And uh, he exposed Pavlovich on the ground. So I think in a fight between Aspinall and Pavlovich, Aspinall would steamroll him. But also Pavlovich has the best power I've ever seen. I think he's had five straight fights with a knockout in the first round. Wow. So, that's that's a good record. I think it is a record. I don't think anyone's ever done that. That's Damn. No, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah so, so I would love to see that fight. After some technical difficulties, as we usually do have here at the mm. Brutal MMA Podcast, yep. um, it's Charles' fault. Um, anyways, we're going to get into UFC 291, which Let's me and go. Caitlin, the producer, are going to be catching in person. We're really excited to see it uh, in Utah, Salt Lake City. Uh, we got the title shot with the BMF belt for uh, Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje. Uh, but we're going to start with the Kevin prelims. Holland. Oh, the prelims. We're going to start with the top of the prelims. Alrighty. Top of the prelims. Because we do want to go over Derek Lewis, at least. Oh, Derek we Lewis is not the over prelims the- yeah. this time. That's yeah. crazy. Well, I mean, after four to three straight losses, it might make a little bit of sense. I love Derek Lewis, the Black Beast himself. I'm really excited to see him in person. But um, he's had a little bit of a slump recently, especially when he fights in Houston. Uh, Derek Lewis is cursed in Houston. Every time he fights in his hometown, he gets absolutely demolished no matter who he faces. And... Uh, I want to cry every time I watch it because I love Derek Lewis. He's one of the funnest UFC fighters. He's funny. My he's balls talented, was hot. Derek Lewis. He's the best anti the anti best anti wrestler ever. He has this this phrase right. He gets taken down. He has this huge 265 pound man on top of him, fully on top of him. You know what he does? Just gets up. He just gets up. Jiu-jitsu doesn't work. Just stand up. Jiu-jitsu doesn't simple work. As, no wrestling and jiu-jitsu they don't work. Just yeah. get up. Yeah. And it's so funny because he fucking does. He just pushes his hips up and just like stands up. And it looks like an old man getting up off the floor after taking a tumble. He's like, like getting punched and shit while he's like trying to get up and he's just like, come on. Bro looks like Joe Biden after slipping on the stairs. Like he just gets up. It's not, it's not, a, <laughs> it's, it's impressive. I won't lie. It's super impressive. And uh, I, I think the UFC is trying to give him a bone here because Dilema's fast and a decently talented heavyweight. But I don't see him not getting knocked out by Derek Lewis. Because Derek Lewis has extreme power. He has a lot of, like, you know, anti jujitsu, anti wrestling, and Rodrigo has that. So I see Derek Lewis getting the knockout probably in the first or second round. We're going to go over Gabriel Bonfim, um, Bonfim the Is- Ismail Bonfim's brother. Uh, they've both been undefeated for the longest time, over nine years. Um, I think Gabriel Bonfim is the better Bonfim brother out of the two. Ismail Bonfim had a little bit of a stinker of a fight in his last fight against uh, the God of War, who absolutely upset Ismail Bonfim. But 
Gabriel Bonfim, he's more elite than Ismail because uh, his name's Gabriel. Anyways, uh, we'll get oh, to the wow. no no <laughs> no bias there. Or anything, we'll you know, we'll like get to the, the the main card of UFC 291. Oh uh, main God. card of UFC 291. Super excited for it. Uh, we would have had Paulo Costa and Ikram Alaskarov, but so unfortunately it got canceled. But two big matchups came from that on the uh, pay per view card of UFC 294 in Abu Dhabi with Charles Oliveira and Islam uh, Makachev. So it's okay. I'm not too That'll mad, but I won't be able to see the meme god Paulo Costa in person, which pisses me off a little bit. And I really want to fucking die, but it's okay. It's okay. And who else are we seeing again? Because you have the, those two fighters, and then there was another fight that was. Ikram Alaskarov is going to be facing. Someone I forgot about. Because I thought there was either a Strickland or a, a Adesanya fight coming up. Oh, uh, not for a while. It's it's in the works. They're thinking about doing it for New Zealand, which not which might not either be till UFC 295 or 293, or it's a fight night. Got if it's it. Israel Adesanya okay. fighting, it will be pay-per-view. So it'll be 295 or 293 if they make that fight that soon. So I guess we'll see with that. Um, either Hopefully way, soon. Yeah. super exciting. Uh Sean Strickland would be really fun to watch against Israel. Not because he'd win, but because the banter would be so good. God, the fucking press conference. <laughs> I just, I really hope it happens. I really do. I think we all do. Um, next fight, or the actually, uh, yeah, the first fight on the main card, because the Paulo Costa fight was canceled, is uh, Michael Chiesa and Kevin Holland. Fuck yes. Trailblazer, or Big Mouth, is was the version of... Uh, Kevin Holland I like the most. Got a poster of up him, uh, a poster of him up on the wall. Uh, Kevin Holland, he always brings the fire. He has great adaptability, good jujitsu, uh, unless he's fighting Hamza Chimaev. And uh, a guy like Michael Chiesa, who's mostly focused on commentating, I don't see doing a lot to Kevin Holland. I think Kevin Holland gets the knockout maybe in the first or second round. I'm a huge diehard Kevin Holland fan though. And yeah. I could see Michael Chiesa doing really good wrestling on him because uh, Kevin Holland is shown to have bad wrestling in the past. Either way, it'll be a cool fight. I haven't seen Kevin Holland too often. I think I've only seen him he, once. Before once you started following MMA, in 2020, he was the first ever UFC fighter to go 5-0 and in a year. That's crazy. Yeah, he wow. went 5-0 in a year. And it wasn't just in a year. He did it in a seven-month span. So it was absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, Kevin no. Holland is an absolute fucking... Just he just he, he talks a lot of shit, but he always backs it up and he always like is able to recognize when he's wrong, which I really appreciate from Kevin Holland. Um, but after that fight, we have Tony Ferguson, Bobby Green. I um, Caitlin's delusional and thinking Tony Ferguson's gonna win. Yeah, Bobby Green is. I love you, Caitlin, put him but in the dirt. Um, I'm sorry. Bobby Green is going to box the tar out of Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson got pieced up by Nate Diaz, who does not have good boxing, and he will show that when he gets fucked up by uh, Jake Paul, sadly. I don't think Jake Paul's going to knock out Nate Diaz, but I think he's going to piece him up on the feet, sadly. Unfortunate. But yeah, um, I got Bobby Green by decision, or TKO, and like the I third. think I think Bobby Green's going to just knock him out. I, I, I'm so sorry. Bobby Green but... doesn't even have knockout power, but I, I don't... Tony Ferguson has gone down a really rough path in his life. He was 12-0 and at some point, and I was a huge fan of him. I watched his fight with Anthony Pettis live, which is one of the best fights I've ever seen. And that was one of the biggest fights that got me into MMA. But I think Tony Ferguson's time is just over in the UFC. I think he needs to retire and focus on his family. He's been getting a lot of like arrest charges and DUIs and a lot of really messed up stuff happened. Uh, I think he needs to focus on his mental health and retire from the game, especially if he has six yeah. straight losses. If he loses this fight, even if he wins this fight, I don't think he should be fighting anymore. But um, it's always Tony time in our hearts. Yeah, I mean, it's always Tony time in our hearts. Yeah, I, 
I, the first time I ever did see Bobby Green fight, he was, I, I, I actually, um, I thought he was going to lose. I don't know. I just, I, uh, what's it called? Underestimated him. It's the hands down style. Everyone on the right. Yeah. Team. And then, and then I saw him fight. And once I saw him fight, I was like, okay, no, this guy knows what he's doing. And, uh, yeah, he's been doing pretty well every time I've seen him fight. And Tony Ferguson, complete fucking opposite. Um, yeah, that was just, I, yeah. yeah, he's he's going down, but it's a, it's a definitely a downhill a downhill spiral for Tony yeah. Ferguson. And instead of the Paulo fight, it looks like we have Michael Pereira versus Stephen Thompson. Not instead of. Well, I mean, I thought that that fight was already they replaced made. him. No, that fight was already made. Oh, was it the Young Block? There's no fights that were made that were made in in, was... in replacement. Just one fight got uh, boosted up to the main card. Ah, uh, okay, never mind. So uh, next fight in the main card is Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and Michelle Pereira. Holy fuck. You've got two of the most exciting strikers in the UFC. Uh, Steven Wonderboy Thompson is wide, widely regarded as the best striker in UFC history. The best striker by far. He has the most versatility. He has the best kicks. And he's karate style. He, he, he only uh, practiced karate growing up. He was in a dojo of karate. And he just developed into an MMA mastermind. His uh, grappling game isn't too good. But I wouldn't say Michelle Pereira is e- either. But... um. I, I think it's going to be a really entertaining fight. Whoever wins, I'm happy for because Michel Pereira has been on the rise. He's 4-0 in his last four. And uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, whenever he wins, he's a little bit older. He's 39, but he still kicks ass. And he showed that in the fight with Kevin Holland when he broke his arm and TKO'd him in the fourth round. So, I mean, Should Stephen Wonderboy yeah. Thompson always brings the pressure, always brings the fun. He's the nicest guy in the UFC. The NMF belt, nicest motherfucker belt. He needs that shit. Make that shit, yeah. give it to him. Uh, you should do it between Burns and him. That'd be fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, after that, we have Jan Blaschewicz and Alex Pereira. Wow. The implications between this fight is actually so astronomical at this point because uh, Jamal Hill has, I believe, uh, ruptured his Achilles and has vacated the UFC light heavyweight belt. So now that this has happened, this fight is basically the next guy that will fight Yuri Prohaska. For the belt, because Yuri Prohaska is coming from a ruptured, like destroyed shoulder and pec. He vacated the belt also before Jamal Hill did. Light heavyweight is fucking cursed. And this fight between Jan Blaschewicz and Alex Pereira is going to be extremely exciting because you've got two guys who are elite kickboxers. And uh, Alex Pereira is moving up from middleweight to his natural weight class at light heavyweight. Where he still weighs 230 pounds before he cuts Gee, weight. Wow. And uh, Jan Bosiewicz is known for his legendary Polish power. And he's going on 40 years now. Yeah, Jan, Jan Bosiewicz is old. He's been fighting he's forever. Crazy. And uh, most recently, he had a little bit of a stinker of a fight between Magomed and Kalayev and him. But, I mean, either guy gets it done here. I've got Alex Pereira just because he's an absolute figure in the sport now. He's really made his name. And he's some of the best striking the best left hook in the whole game speaking of nathaniel wood with a good left hook alex Pereira has the best left hook to ever breach the mma scene so uh and he's much younger so i i i kind of feel like you might be right on that i think he's a lot more fresh i think he's got a lot less miles on the tank in the way of like experience so i if yon takes it to the ground though which he did to israel adesanya and beat israel adesanya in that way when israel adesanya went to the to light heavyweight but yeah, I, I, I see Alex getting it down on the feet, hopefully. 
And if he doesn't, Jan Bosovitz rustles him to a, a loss. Yeah, so I, I, I agree with that. From there, we've got the main event between Justin Gaethje and Dustin Poirier. Let's go. The BMF belt on the line. And it makes sense for Justin Gaethje, not for Dustin Poirier. Uh, Dustin Poirier is not a bad motherfucker. He's a, a little bit of a fake in my opinion, but that's just my uh, hideous opinion. He's put on a show basically trying to, <clears throat> you know, uh, Dustin Poirier uh, acts very nice to some people, and he's fakely nice and fakely mean and just a overall very weird character in the UFC. He has a lot of moments where he ends up uh, like beating up his training partners and they make him switch gyms and etc. But I just think uh, Justin Gaethje has improved where Dustin Poirier has been refusing to fight prospects unlike Justin Gaethje who just fought Rafael Fiziev recently. So with the, the ring rust and the lack of willing to, to fight prospects, I think Dustin Poirier gets finished by Justin Gaethje, maybe in the fourth round. I think a war of attrition occurs, and they test each other's chins. I think Justin pounds out his chin in the fourth. Yeah, I'd say Gaethje every this time. This is their I second fight together, by the way. Yeah. They yeah, fought yeah. each other once in an absolute fight of the year contender. So, I mean, I can't wait to see the fireworks again. And, yeah. I'm, I'm UFC excited to see the crowd go fucking wild. And I, I hope you guys record some of it if we'll possible. Definitely, we'll have some, we'll have some recordings of something yeah. going on from that event. And uh, we're just so excited to get out there. So. Yeah. No, that'll be interesting. And I'll be watching from the TV. Look for us in the crowd. Right. Look for us yeah, in the I'll crowd. look for you guys and see if I can find you sitting in the, all the way in the nosebleeds. Fuck you. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey. I ain't made of money. I ain't made of money. Yeah, that's why I'm not going because I'm not made of money. Yeah, these lumberjack hands don't really pay the bills like that, so yeah, we're good. Fair. But I'm excited to go regardless. I don't care oh. if it's no bleeds or not. It feels like you're in the arena when you're in the when you're in, you're in the arena. It feels like you're in the cage. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think Alrighty. that that wraps up today's podcast. I'm very excited. So sorry about the technical difficulties. Caitlin <laughs> yeah, has been having no. a conniption behind the camera because uh, my yeah. camera isn't very good sometimes. So. I think it's just hot and humid. It's a little bit hot and humid. I'm lot, sweating my balls so. off. So let's, let's, let's. My balls was hot. My, Alrighty. My balls well. was hot. <laughs> Derek, I take your pants off. My, my balls, balls was hot. hot. <laughs> I understand. I, I understand. Uh, all right, guys. All right. Well, you have a great uh, rest of your week. Have yep. a good, happy Friday. Have fun next week to you as well. All right. All right. See you guys later. Bye.